Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is episode 310 for June 27th, 2019. I am one of your hosts, Adriel. I would be the other one, Trevor. And I would be another one, indeed. Another other one. Fly. Another other one. The Sorry. other other one. The other another. Other another. The other another one. Here we are. Of the others. Here we are. Hello. Where's Kelly? Here. She couldn't make it. She's not here. No. She hates right. the listeners. Groundhog attack. Put her in the hospital. Mm. Groundhogs. There's a, groundhog living, there's a groundhog living two houses over. He is insolent. He is arrogant. He thinks he owns the neighborhood. He has no natural predators on the block except for me. Apparently, the property <laughs> that he is ODing on um, uh, dandelions on is uninhabited. I'm pretty sure that I need to take my bow for a walk. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask, like, you probably can't discharge a firearm in, in the city limits or town limits or whatever you got there. But bow but it's, probably it's is fine, bow. right? Nope. Don't know anything about bows. In the oh. province, it's 100 meters from a residence dwelling. No one will hear anything. <laughs> it's quiet. Put a suppressor on that bow. There you go. <laughs> It'll be pew, pew. Okay, put a loudener on it, actually. Sweet. All right. Why don't we get into uh, what we did in guns? What we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. And it says here that they now have several STIs. Uh, I believe that we have some, we've had some people on the show who have had several <laughs> STIs as well. Uh, Trevor, do you have several STIs? As a matter of fact, I'm down to full four? four. Only four. <laughs> four. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm down to four STIs. I wonder how many Gallon has. Yeah. Muffin's not sure he wants to let him on the range on Saturday because he wants to keep it a gonorrhea free zone. Right. <laughs> These are his words, not mine. <laughs> yeah, but he tested clean, remember? It was the dog that he was concerned about. Right, right. No, that was for chlamydia? Oh, that might have been chlamydia. I don't know. I don't know. Our, our my family-friendly rating is is dropping it's through the rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> dig up, guys. Dig up. Yeah, quickly. Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, Matthew, you want to start us off? Sure. Uh, oh, we're not going to talk about the STIs at the Calgary Shooting Center for real, though? Are they had okay? They have some STIs. What kind of STIs? They have the cost of carry one. They have uh, some DVC limited guns. So these are all IPSC or competition um, genre style handguns. Um, They're all 1911 esque, right? Uh, 2011, which you know is same we, thing. You know, it's not. It's a completely different gun. Yeah. We established that yeah. many times. Right. Um, yeah. Same thing. Yes. Trip so safety, anyway, side safety. Yeah. Uh, all, all super expensive. They start at like four grand, but you know, if you were in Alberta and, uh, we're looking for an STI pistol, the Calgary shooting center is now carrying them and there are new lines at the Calgary shooting center. So if you want to go in and see what all the hype is about, um, they're, they're good guns. Of, they're, they're, they're amazing. Really yeah. They're one they're, of the best. They're, guns they're fantastic. Yeah. So, so, three gun as well. Cause yeah, you can run a pretty pimped out, uh, STI in three gun. Have you seen the STI three gun pistol? Yep. My buddy I has mean, one. Damn. Very nice. 
Yeah. Very nice. Ginger Snaps has one too. So anyway, yeah. Go check them out. Sweet. Cool. All right. Now Matthew, I can talk. How many STIs Gee. do you have? I don't have any STIs. I'm a Glock guy. Have you ever had an STI? No. Really? I've touched yours though. You have parts of one. I have parts of an STI. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Off of your uh, AR. My STI AR. Yeah, you've got the hand yeah. guard. Mm-hmm. And the barrel. And the barrel. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So you have the, the long, barrel. slender part of the STI. I do. Yep. Mm-hmm. So anyway, besides uh, that, I shot an Ipsic match with Trevor. Um, your video was awesome, by the way. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> oh, the uh, the uh, the one I put on YouTube. I thought you were talking about the awesome image quality of my video tonight, which no, your your audio quality sucks too. But what, yeah, what, well, everything sucks about what this. we're gonna do. What are you gonna do? Oh, well, I don't know what we're gonna do. We're just gonna live with Carry it. Carry on. Do. I don't <laughs> care. I don't give a crap. No, nope. <laughs> listeners want their money back. They can certainly have it. Just mm-hmm. I'll send them an EMT right away. I wonder why you're STI, at twelve percent in the polls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a crap. I guess I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I uh, shot the Ipsic match with you uh, at the Woodstock uh, gun range. It was it was fun. Yeah, for the listeners um, um, who may have forgotten, this is the match where in the middle of the podcast, I was crying to Matthew about, I can't believe you didn't register yet. Now we can't be squad together. And by the end of the show, he goes, yeah, so I'm in your squad. Yeah. <laughs> that match. <laughs> so anyway, I ended up in Trevor's squad, which was a huge mistake. I had to listen to him all day. It was terrible. <laughs> Um, but, uh, we had fun despite Trevor being there the whole time. Um, kidding. It was a good time, dude. I'm just relax. It's always awesome when you come up and shoot around here. Cause, yeah. um, whatever. I don't give a crap. So yeah, we shot. It was a good match. I had lots of fun. Gun worked flawlessly. Um, I did, I did pretty good. I don't think I, did I shoot it clean? I don't think I did. I think I hit, I think I got a mic. I gotta look it up. Can't remember. I think I don't think I shot it clean. I think I got one mic or either one penalty target, one or the other. Regardless, I w- I'm I wasn't as fast as I could have been, but I was nice and accurate. I liked all the alphas I got, so I'm I'm impressed and and happy with where I'm at accuracy wise. So now it's time to start building the speed a little bit. So I'm gonna work on that a touch. And other than that, um, I don't know. I don't, what else? What should I do after that, Trevor? Once I get a little bit faster, um, stand by. So your total time for the match was slow no your total time for the match was 143.5 seconds and that's compared to a 52 year old man's time of 121.77 right so i gotta go faster you gotta go faster yep yeah um he had 102 a's you had 121 a's so accuracy was not your problem um mics you did get one mic but so did everybody in the top three so uh you were third by the way so you did yes. well, yeah. and each of you had um, one mic. No one took any penalties or procedurals, so that's good. So D's, he had five, you had three. Right. Um, you had way more alphas than the than the than the top two guys. They killed you on yeah. time. First place yeah. had 102 alphas. Second place had 104 alphas. And then you had 121. So, so I got to stop. I got to start dropping some alphas and start picking up my feet and my trigger time. I got to speed yeah. it up. Because even Partridge was uh, over ten seconds faster. Yeah, yeah. And I um, think I don't think it's I don't think it's my movement. I think it's I'm taking too long to aim. I need to. Yep. I need to press them off faster. And if you watch the video, I take forever. But I get good up. hits. Yep. I take forever. I got to go faster. Yep. So. Um. Yeah. And you better sort that out before our Ipsic class in August. Why? 
Because you're going to be teaching people how to do what you're currently not doing. <laughs> I'm going to teach them the accuracy part, and you're going to teach them the speed. No, this is no, this this isn't even about accuracy. This is about getting in and out of boxes. This is an IPSC class. You're already supposed to be accurate for this one. Oh, all right then. Good enough. I clearly don't know what's going on, but I'll show up and you tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Exactly. Great team. <laughs> Go team. Yeah. So, that, so there. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, your gun comes to target, and you're just a little too hesitant to re- yep. you. You know, you're you're you haven't shot enough IPSC lately to get the flash sight picture. You're yep. you're too busy re- making sure you're confirming your sight picture. Yeah, I'm confirming my sight picture too long. Yeah, definitely am. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, but right whatever. now, but right now it's good because you don't want to start the season just hammering it, right? No, you're doing no, you what wanna... you should be doing right now. You're revisiting the fundamentals, and you're you're. Um, getting them, you know, ingrained again. And as the season progresses, you'll start to speed up. And let's face it, you, it, it, if you're not flying and not doing the baby thing, you have an opportunity to shoot Ipsic now more than ever before. Cause you're now yeah. right down the street from five, Ipsic. 10 minutes from the range. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm, my plan is to hit every match that the, the club offers this year. As oh, long as it's not so a good convenient. flying day, I'm going to be there. Yeah. That's so, so convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Jealous. And, and then what they're doing like one a month. I don't know. I hope so. At least. Yeah. Are you got playing Saturday? This like as in tomorrow or the day after tomorrow? Correct. Yeah. Why? What are you doing? You got a match, right? Yeah. I'm putting on 11 stages. Yeah. No, I've got flights in the morning and I'm supposed to help Darren Taylor with a rimfire shoot or something at the range. Oh yeah. Or something. Cool. I forget. He asked me and I said, if I wasn't fine, I'd go help. So I'll okay. show up after I'm done my flights in the morning. But Gallon could literally walk through the store any minute. He's coming and he's shooting PCC. So so is Muffin. Oh sweet! Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'd That'd like cool. to do it, but I I just can't come up. I don't. And I have a wedding on Sunday to go to, which is is it your awesome. wedding? It's not mine. Then no. so you don't. I know, really right? Have... I know. Wait for I know. the second one. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Anyway. What else did you? Do? Anyway, no, I can't come up. But anyway, thanks for the offer. I will get up there eventually this this summer for a match because <sighs> I like your range too. Well, SummerSlam, maybe. Yeah. So I I hope to I hope to make SummerSlam. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a busy summer. Anyway, that's uh, that's pretty much all I did in guns. Uh, I don't think I shot any wildlife recently. So well, we got we got more wildlife to deal with, but I just haven't had a chance to pull the trigger yet. So I'll talk about that whenever I blast some more. So anyway, that's that's me. Cool. So whoever's next, I think it's Trevor. I don't know. Maybe it's Adriel. Trevor? Certainly not Kelly. I can tell you that. Could be. She's not here. Trevor? I, I believe it is me. And um, so as Matthew said, I was at that match. Now I want to check my results here. Um, I only had one other person in my division, so it wasn't really fair. My so total... you didn't come in third? No. <laughs> now, my total time, let's compare each other, Matthew. My total time was 122.45. Right. Your, your total time was... 150-something, right? Or 140? 143, yeah. Yeah, so you're 20 seconds faster than me still. Okay, let's see. Well, let's look at the overall here. So I was second overall. I finished okay. second overall behind a, 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 um, an open guy. And, I mean, he... he just smoked us all. Yes, he did. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> uh, McKillop, right? Yeah. So first place yeah. production was 121, and I was 122. I'm talking time-wise here for the whole yes, match. But McKillop he slammed you in points. Slams every, but not in points. Um, well, yeah, he actually yeah, ended up Obviously, if he only me. beat you by one second, he, he beat no, you by one second. He beat yeah. he had No, his time was 97. Oh, his time was 97. Yeah, 97. 97.15 oh. seconds for the entire match. Yeah, how did, how? Which match are you guys talking about? Was this the SNB or is this a different one? No, this is a different one. Okay. This is the uh, Woodstock on June 15th. 
yeah, 97.15. Well, how? I mean, he weighs a buck 35. True. Um, and he's on crack or speed. Uh, or well, he's, on he's not s- really. He's not really, but it, it, yeah, he, but he moves he's like he's on a he's on a lot of caffeine, maybe. I don't yeah. know. He's on something makes him go fast. Yeah. He's juicing, Trev. He's juicing. He must be. He must be. <laughs> anyway, uh, I had a blast with him at the 250, but more on that later. So so yeah, so there was that match. Um, and uh, another great match in Woodstock. They just keep getting better. Every match in Woodstock is better than the one before. The match director's keen, he's getting more and more experience all the time. Everything ran flawlessly. I was the range master. I got called a total of none. <laughs> so, yeah, everything went well. um, yeah, it was wicked. So, and then there was the um, SNB 250. So, the SNB is the Southern New Brunswick 250. So, it takes place where? Southern New Brunswick at the Hampton Range. And it's 250 rounds, level three, 14 stages, all shot in one day. Uh, it's kind of an, an Iron Man uh, match. You, you're, uh, you're going all day until it's done, plus a banquet. Uh, it's tough to put a, a big level three on in one day, um, but they, they pull it off and they do an amazing job. This one um, was one of the best since the match's inception. And I think this may be the fourth or fifth. I can't remember now. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I was I shot the pre-match. So I was a range master and um, I was given the option of either shooting through on Saturday or shooting the pre-match. So I chose to shoot the pre-match so I could just concentrate on my range master duties on um, the actual proper match on Saturday. The The rain was so bad that animals were starting to pair up. I, I, I was getting <laughs> <concerned>. <laughs> Oh, was, that's unfortunate. It really was. I mean, but yeah, what are you going to do? It is what it is. So it sucked. Uh, it sucked for everybody equally that was there. So we made the, the most of it. And we kept going. I, I shot. I had to shoot in rain pants. Like it was ridiculous, but wow. I guess those, those were ridiculous. Rain those pants. were ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have Solomon speed cross like 90% of the six shoes out there, but the last pair I bought, I bought Gore-Tex mm-hmm. stayed dry the whole time. Crazy. Even like I, they, pff, nothing. They, I never had a problem. I didn't have to put them by the fire to dry or anything. Um, muffins coat was so wet. It was still wet the next day. It was crazy. Now speaking of muffin, he came with me, and so did uh, his steps, stepson, Will. And uh, shout out to the section coordinator for Ipswich, New Brunswick. He got a trailer for us, so there was a like twenty-seven footer um, on the range itself. We didn't have to leave the range. We drove in Thursday night, had a couple of drinks, say hi to the boys, went to bed, woke up next morning on the range. It's amazing. It's the coolest thing ever when you can do that. So convenient. So huge shout out to him for that. Um, so. Yeah, so uh, myself, the match director, Ken Harrell, and and the section coordinator and some of the volunteers at the club were shooting, and Muffin and Will, Will patched all day, and Muffin arrowed 100% of us, every stage, every competitor, all day. And he was dry up until the water from one of the, one of the t- shade tents. Uh, we didn't need them for shade. Um, just kind of let go all oh. down his back. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's when he you was guys are troopers. Like that's that's a that's a tough job to do. Like shoot a match in crappy weather and then turn around in RO and yeah, yeah. do that. Well, we didn't have to. We didn't have to RO. All we did was patch. Uh, Muffin ROed us a hundred percent. The boys uh, sent me some money and I bought him a lovely big ass bottle of uh, rum today. So he doesn't know about that yet. That I'll give that to him as a surprise on Saturday morning at our match. Hopefully, well, he's yeah. not listening. I doubt very much. He's listening. Yeah, I mean, no. too. 
if he knows what's good for him, he's at the range working, and that's where he should be. So um, I'll give that to him Saturday at the match, after the match, when the range is closed. That's, that's what I'll do. So um, so then the next day, I was uh, range master, and this was my first official range master gig at a level three solo. I've range mastered at level threes, either being mentored or, um, yeah, only being mentored. I've never, um, 100% had the match to myself at a level three. So it was, uh, needless to say, nerve wracking. I was sending texts to land the next morning. I'm so nervous. I think I'm going to pee. He's like, who is this? You? No, you're not. <laughs> Stop it. You're not, you're not nervous. So anyway, yep. Yeah. I was nervous. There was a couple of, uh, and there were some interesting things that happened. There was a question about um, procedurals applied in a Cooper tunnel and then and the interpretation of the word fall. Some people ble- believed that the slats actually had to hit the ground in order to incur penalties. They just have to fall as long as they get dislodged from where they are and gravity takes over, you know. Um, also had questions about shooting weekend stages and picking up the gun with two hands and whether or not you can support with the other hand and stuff like that. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, no, yeah, totally you support fine. Support with your, yeah, no, yeah, no. no. Um, <laughs> I learned that one the hard way at the nationals actually once upon a time, but yeah. Anyway, um, so it was cool. Um, uh, and everything worked great. We had one popper break and they had it uh, repaired and back in place. Uh, it seemed, of course, for the match director and myself and the staff, it seemed like it was taking forever, but it was in place before it was needed and it didn't slow down the match whatsoever. It didn't oh, cause sweet. a bottleneck. Yeah, it was really awesome. Um, what were some of the other highlights? Oh, uh, it didn't rain. So there was that. They they unfortunately had to shoot in like, you know, moderate cloud cover, a little bit of a breeze, no flies. So I felt really bad for them that they didn't have to <laughs> be, uh, you know, the, the heartache uh, yeah so yeah but uh it was awesome i hope i get asked to work for them again i just sent off my match director's report to the NROI. oh uh NROI has released its um new policy document so all the NROI policies are now compiled into one document and made available for all the sections to look at, for all the NROI or training coordinators such as myself to look at, to be aware of what they're responsible for, what you're responsible for, that sort of thing. Fantastic. If it's not already available on their website, it will be. Um, the sections have it, so I've converted it to a PDF and, and asked our webmaster to mount to uh, upload it to our website under the like rule section or whatever. And this I'm really pumped about, the new... Level one and level two RO programs have been released. So we haven't had an RO program since 2015. And the one before that, I think, was 2012. So now this is the new up-to-date 2019 level one RO and level two CRO program. To uh, It's all up to speed now with the latest 2019 rule book. So there's no more like going through the course and then having to pull up the old book and the new book. And so uh, I can't wait to teach it. I did some reloading this week, and then I bought some 4570 reloading stuff, so I need some brass. I mean, I got one box of ammo that I'm going to go turn into brass, but I'm kind of waiting for the rail for my scope to come in. I also, I don't know, I want I could just go sight in my iron sights and blow through the ammo that way, and when the rail comes in, put the, put the scope on and then go sight in with my, um, my hand loads. So I'm going to go with uh, Reloader 7. And the Hornady FTX bullets, 325 grains. 
I put it on Instagram and I've been basically called like everything but a tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> 550 three- grain cast bullet is the only 4570 bullet. <laughs> like every time somebody posts the bullet keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> those those flex tips are the best way of getting some BC out of a bullet in a 4570. Oh, of course. Like, everything else is a is a flying coke can and they just suck at, yep. at the BC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you you're not, you know, you're trying to kill a moose inside out of 200 right and it does that just lovely and yeah. no kidding hand to god if i get my moose license this year that's my moose gun i'm leaving my 30 out six somebody said recently that we talk about 30 calibers like they're big or something <laughs> that was funny somebody said I, I'm, finally someone on Slamfire got a real caliber well somebody just well, this because here in new brunswick 30 caliber is big yeah, yeah. big everywhere uh, not according to captain Andy. Odd. 30 out six is going to kill everything on the car. It really is. It really is. And, you know, and they say, oh, well, you know, with the new powders that are out there, you now you can get 308 to perform at the, uh, at the same levels as 30 out six. Well, if that logic applies to the 308 cartridge with new powders and new bullet construction, what does that mean for the 30 out six? Duh. I mean, if you can soup up a 308 to perform, to the same levels of the 30 out six. Well, you know, that logic applies to the 30 out six. We can supercharge the 30 out six. It's the Hornady Superformance ammo. They use new powders with those. Mm-hmm. And if you check out the speeds that they get out of uh, 30 out six and 270, they're good. Like you cannot get that out of 308 and uh, yeah. uh, 7 mm 8 for example. You can't they do also it. make Superformance 22250, I believe. Mm hmm. Muffin yep. didn't didn't uh, didn't well. Muffin's gun didn't like it. Yeah, I tried in a couple guns, and one gun didn't like it, and one gun it was good enough. I used it. And they also sell the Superformance powder for different cartridges as well. Mm-hmm. It's pretty exciting. Yep. Anyway, I use um, the Superformance bullet. I use the SST one sixty five grain in my thirty out six with um, I think it's fifty four grains of forty sixty four. I never bought to chronograph it. Doesn't matter. It's thirty out six. And it groups amazingly. So it's MOA, sometimes sub-MOA. It's good enough. Yeah. Uh, what else did I get to? Oh, home. Much uh, match construction. I was supposed to be gone this week. I was supposed to be sailing in uh, Cape Breton, but that fell through um, because I just I had too much to do. And I was at a position with the admin side of the match and the construction side of the match where I just didn't feel I could leave and go to Calgary. Uh, so you Monday. did the responsible thing. I did. I adulted. Odd. Yeah, yeah. I canceled the trip and stayed home, and I'm I'm glad I did because I've been on the range every night this or every day this week, except for um, except for Monday because it was rifle day. So, yeah. so um, do we have a main topic, or do you want to save that? We for do. Run- we do have a main topic. Okay, so yeah. let me talk about because uh, uh, other Trevor had suggested this for main topic. So um, on Tuesday we were at the range, and there were two occasions of someone um, taking. Uh, taking up a firing position on a part of the range that was closed, and as a result, rounds were sent in our direction. That's not uh, good. No, it's not the first time it's happened to me. It's probably the fourth time. Um, and so Trevor said, uh, "Hey, you know what? This might make a good show topic." He said, "What to do when someone uh, when shoots when someone is you? shoot well shoots at you, but you know when someone is shooting where they're not supposed to." Yeah. So both of these gentlemen. Um, one I know better than the other, and neither one of these guys are bad guys. So um, 
even if they were bad guys, I'd keep their names out of it anyway. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to discuss what happened in case there's an opportunity here for learning um, the listeners, ourselves. I, I you would know. say that there is definitely an opportunity for learning because something bad yeah. went down and nothing bad happened from it, but we can learn from it. Definitely. Right. So let me first explain to everyone listening the um, how my range is laid out and how you use it. You have uh, 10 and a half acres and pretty much smack dab in the middle of it is a rifle range that goes out to 200 meters. And that rifle range is surrounded on three sides with pistol bays. The way that our certification is handed to us from the CFO's office is that when the pistol section is being used, the rifle range cannot be used. Now that's the main rifle range because we have another rifle range in behind that that can be used but that's that's a story for another day so there's two flags that um are used to determine which area of the range is active if you arrive at the range and there are no flags up and you want to use the rifle range you put up the flag at the rifle range that tells everyone on the property that the rifle range is being used it also tells someone arriving to the range that if they would like to shoot rifle or sorry shoot handgun they cannot because they cannot go into the right into the pistol section because the rifle range is being used. Okay. So then the opposite is true. If I get to the range first, uh, I put up, I go to the back where the pistol section is. I put up the pistol flag and that tells anyone coming onto the property. They cannot use the rifle range because there's someone in the back at the pistol section. All right. Is that straightforward? Or do you have any questions? It's, so far it makes sense to me. It makes sense. It sounds, uh, over, overly complicated for someone who might use the range once a year okay so how about this right the, the range is divided into two parts whatever part you're on you put up your flag and only one flag can be up at a time you cannot have both parts of the range working at the same time yeah I, I, I understand okay. why right. you want to do that and okay. i understand the procedure so when a new person joins the club they're given an orientation course at the time they sign their paperwork and then they're given a, a walk around the range tour where they're shown how these things work so they actually get boots on the ground and they can see the range. So we tell people that when you arrive and you want to shoot rifle and you see the flag up in the back, you don't have to hear shots because it could be one of us back there working to prepare for a match. So we tell people to drive around the range. Mm-hmm. There, You can actually make a loop with, the, with your car. All right. So here's what happened with guy number one. Okay. First of all, me and other Trevor are there. So what do we do? We arrive, we put the principal flag up at the gate to say the entire property is active. Then we sign in. All right. So the range is hot. We are signed in. We flip the range and use sign. We go to the back and we put up the pistol section flag. So now that tells anyone coming onto the property, the range is hot and the pistol section is in use. Okay. So a shooter comes by, sees that we're working. Uh, I explained to him, I'm trying to get the work done at the back of the range so that we can, um, free up this side rifle range here so people can use that even though we're on the range shooting pistol or working so as soon as i get these stages done i'll vacate this area and this will be free for members to use he's like good enough he goes off to the 22 bay now the 22 bay could be considered a third location on our property which is perpendicular to the rest and doesn't interfere with any other bay or range on the property and can always be used so he went there to shoot handgun. He had arrived to shoot rifle. We got there first. There's a scheduled days where you, you can only do this or you can only do that. Like there's a trap day, a pistol day, and a rifle day. And the other days are first come, first serve. So this was Tuesday. This is the first come, first serve day. So he goes and uh, shoots handgun at the 22 bay and some uh, AR. 
it's called 22 Bay, but it's it's just a nickname. You can shoot whatever you want there. That's approved to be shot there. Next thing, um, it's around lunchtime. We're parked in my truck next to the school bus on the um, bus stage. I've got a trailer hooked on the back of my truck, and I am all the way down range, my nose pointing at the backstop. I see in the uh, rearview mirror a cloud of dust. Someone flies by so fast that all I see is a cloud of dust. Turns around, comes back, parks the truck in front of the school bus. I see him under my rearview mirror. I said, Trevor, if this is someone who's here to shoot, he can get out and come talk to us. We have the range. We're on lunch. I'm not going to talk to him. He can come talk to us. All right. He doesn't get out of his truck. He carries on downrange. My assumption is he recognizes the truck. He knows what's going on. He knows he can't shoot rifle. He's bitter. He's leaving because we get that. I had another incident today where someone drove off in a huff refusing to talk to me. Mm -hmm. So we get back to work. Next thing you know, we hear gunfire. Well, that's interesting. That's rifle. And right now, the only place in the property you're allowed to shoot rifle is over there in front of us, not behind us. We need to unhook the trailer and go see what's going on. So we unhook the trailer. We drive down. Sure enough, when I come around the corner, you know where our flag is, Matthew? Yep. As soon as I, as soon as I get to there, I can see he set up the rifle range. Yep. So I, I drive down. I drive up to the rifle range, and I'm like, get off the range. Uh, what's, I, I, I didn't see you guys. It doesn't matter if you didn't see us. We're signed in. Our flag is up. We're back there. Uh, you parked right at my truck. You can't deny that you parked at my truck. I saw you parked at the bus. Well, I didn't see your truck. I don't know how you could not <laughs> see my truck. You were parked <laughs> right at my truck. It gets worse, man. It gets worse. And again, not a bad guy, right? I'm not I'm not, yeah. I'm not taking shots at him. I'm just giving you the facts of what happened. So for all I know, he's a listener. Who knows? So, But this is what happened. Um, so I was pretty ugly the first time and told him I didn't care. I didn't want to hear it. Get off the range. You're done for the day, and I'll let you know what's going to happen later. I'm going to file a report with the president. So I'm an instructor for the range safety officer course. I'm a range safety officer for the club. It's my responsibility to track these things and file reports with the president in case someone is a repeat offender and could jeopardize the range. We need to monitor these incidents. So, um, okay, fine. He So he walked away, and then I was trying to call, call Muffin, and he came back to my window, and I rolled my window down, and he started to apologize. I'm like, doesn't matter. Go home. So we we leave. We go back to where we were. He comes up to see us again. And I'm like, let's start over. Okay. I didn't introduce myself. That's a mistake. I should have said, listen, pal, this is who I am. This is my role with the club. Here's what you did. You're done for the day. The first words out of my mouth may have been, and I don't know because I was pretty upset. They may have literally been, get the F off the range. That could have been the first words out of my mouth because he saw my truck and chose to shoot anyway. So that really aggravated me. So at the time, he said he didn't see my truck. When he came back to see us, and, and you know, uh, he was always calm and always uh, apologetic. Um, he came back the second time, then he owned it all, took all responsibility. He said, I did see your truck. I didn't see any of you guys around. That's still disturbing because you saw my truck. You didn't see us around. Did you think I parked my truck here and walked home? <laughs> like, I'm signed in. The flag is up. Another shooter yeah. told you I was down. I haven't signed working, out. And, and my truck is here. Yet you still went and shot. That's 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 concerning. Um, anyway, he owned it all, and I gave them. I gave the report to to Jason. All right. Next incident. We are working in Bay Two, which is up one from the Twenty Two Bay. It's parallel to the rifle range, and we hear a car drive up the road parallel to where we are. Not sure exactly how far. Later, the individual said he went all the way to the six hundred. 
then we hear the car come back okay so the person has not come to the side of the range we're on they haven't found us i don't know if they left or not um we leave that bay and we go to the bay in front of the pistol camp now the pistol camp is situated behind the backstop for the primary rifle range you got a covered firing point with a firing with a target line at 200 or sorry at 100 and then the backstop is at 200 so from the covered firing point to the backstop is 200 meters you are not allowed to put your target anywhere except the backstop or the 100 meter uh, fire, uh, target line and that's because of ricochet hazards the covered firing points elevated the rounds go down into the targets at 100 strike the backstop the rounds go from the covered firing point which is elevated to the target stands right at the 200 meter backstop and go into the backstop if you put targets at 25 meters or 50 meters because you're elevated the rounds go through the target stand hit the range floor and bounce off which yeah, you is get ground strikes yeah you get ground strikes and ricochets this is why some ranges what was the range we were at adriel where they had those bars you had to keep your muzzle inside of yeah, Bonneville had barrel Bonneville, yep. right? There's a reason for that. It's to prevent ricochets. Danger danger range versus no danger range, not getting into that tonight. But so we're in front of that building working, which is directly behind the backstop for the 200 meter range. And we hear 22 fire. So we immediately think, oh, well, whoever that was driving has now set up at the 22 bay. All right. Um, until we hear ricochets and then we hear bullet strikes against the building that we're standing next. Wonderful get in the truck, go around the corner again, drive down range and um, see someone who is very experienced. So he approaches the truck. And with this individual, my first words were, you, you know better. And he immediately says, yes, I absolutely know better. Uh, I went all the way to 600, didn't find you guys. And the book says you're signed out. I tell you what, the book doesn't say we're signed out because obviously we're still here. So we're not signed out. So I want to talk about the book for a second. We have a book that you have to log. It's a log book. You sign in, sign out of. Uh, name, date, in, out. So when we arrived, we put the date, name, in and out, and we wrote our names. The next guy came in who came to talk to me and then went shoot, shoot at the 22. The guy who confirmed to the other guy who admitted he saw my truck that we were down there, he wrote name, date, in and out. No, he didn't. He just wrote a new date and put his name. We already had the date there. He didn't bother to read the date. He wrote the date again, put his name down, and the next two individuals that came in signed in under him. So this guy's excuse was we were signed out. We weren't signed out. Somebody else wrote the date down again for no reason, and they signed in under him instead of under us. So a better login sheet could have perhaps prevented that. But, okay, he thought we were signed out. He also didn't do the loop around the range. He said, oh, I went all the way to 600. That's super, but we weren't at 600. We were much closer to you than the 600. Uh, he was not as apologetic or taking responsibility as the first guy. So uh, he was also told to go home and that an email would be sent. And he said, fair enough. I will take whatever consequences is given to me. And I, I said, look, you're not a repeat offender. You're not a bad guy. You're not a problem here. Chances are it's not going to go any further than the president acknowledging that he received the complaint or the incident report. And you being sent home for the day. That's probably as far as it's going to go. And it obviously can never happen again. So, so gentlemen, is there, I mean, so I, I was just, I, I just wanted to wait until you, you got all the way through it. Okay. Do you like, I, I see ranges as having lots of problems with people not following the rules, like lots of them. Mm -hmm. Do you guys, would you agree? Absolutely. Yes. So Absolutely. there's every, every range I've been to signs are shot. I, 
targets, unapproved targets are used. There's, yeah, absolutely. So, like, given that, um, and given the the risk around having people downrange um, while people uprange are fi- firing at you, uh, or firing where the, the only way you can come back is to come through their their line of fire, kind of a thing. Um, maybe a different, uh, a more visible lockout method is required. Like if, if, if this was in industry and there was such a, a dangerous position where you'd be working on like a, a power line downrange or, and someone else could like energize the line, there would be a lockout procedure where it would yep, be like, of course, uh, a very, uh, something that would be in the way of you, of you taking your shots, either like, uh, something on the firing line that would stop people or, cause them to pause about like why is this red thing here or something on the target line that would be like stopping them from putting targets up or something like that i'm just well, again i'm just i'm huge, just yeah so, so far i heard i heard flags and i heard mm-hmm. a sign in or sign out sheet i don't think the sign in sign out sheet is going to do anything for you i think the fl- like flagging is something that, that that could be there but maybe it just needs to be more idiot proof because it seems like ranges have lots of idiots doing idiotic things, right? Okay, so what are the three things that should have been followed that would have prevented this, Adriel? You named two. What was the, the other one? Book and the flag, and the last one is the loop flag, around the range, book. right? Right. Actually, put eyes on a person. So, Adriel, this guy admitted he saw my truck. Yeah, I know. I, and and yeah. I, I'm what, what so I'm not doing is I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm totally not defending this guy. What I'm yep. saying is, given that this happened twice in one day. Mm-hmm. There's probably some other things that need to be added on to make it more idiot proof because people aren't following the rules. <laughs> Man, I know, but it's like I know. Here's the thing: there's a huge flag at like in in the middle of the range. If that flag is up, you don't shoot. Like it 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 is pretty idiot proof. The problem is they build better idiots all the time. Yes. So like and you know if, what? Neither of these guys did before they started shooting. They didn't take my flag down. I say my flag is in the the flag for the section I was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so if, they're actively sh- like they know they know better that if that flag is up, you don't use this range until that flag's down. So at least go down and take the flag down. Didn't even take it down. So somebody down there. So what if Muffin had arrived and saw these guys on the line shooting with the flag back there? Give me your card, please. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? The flag is up. So either there's somebody mm-hmm. back there, or you checked, found and, no one, and, and left the flag. Did take it down. Yeah. Maybe someone yeah. left in a hurry. Maybe someone just forgot. Maybe someone new to the range was using the pistol section and left without putting it down. You shouldn't shoot when it's up. CFO shows up, sees the flag up yeah. in the back. You're using the rifle, the rifle range. It's going to yeah. shut the range down. How many shooters, just curious, how many shooters showed up that day? Like total? Three. Is this, what's that? Three. So is this and a one, failure one rate? Right. Is this a failure rate of two out of three? Yes, yeah, 66%. <laughs> is that the failure rate of our of the safety processes to 60 percent? <laughs> um I I mean I'm obviously there a lot in the summertime doing summer flying construction. Yeah. And uh this is maybe this is a, a spectacularly bad day then. Spectacularly bad day because yeah. um it happened to me once with an Ipsic shooter, someone who took my black badge with me. I was in the back waiting for someone to show up to do some work. The flag was up. He started shooting. Mm-hmm. I told this story on a very early episode of Canadian Reload Radio and got called the safety Sally and everything else, whatever. Because I went out and I confronted him like, do you see the flag? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but, no but, do you see the flag? Particularly yes. for your range where it's very compact and you need to go down range where some of the ranges are aiming. Yeah, there has to be additional processes in. And yeah, that's... uh. 
it's, so it's right, weird we can't because, fix stupid how do we manage it better is that where we're at uh, it de- I, I guess it would depend on what failure rate you're really at for your membership and if uh if it's high enough where you're gonna you're gonna want to eat it proof it even more yeah but that sucks anyways listeners if you have any comments or feedback or thoughts on that please feel free to email us that's cool. all i got sweet i didn't get shot at uh let's cool. see boring <laughs> next next yeah. wait, wait wait trevor i got one of your favorite rifles I got it, it looks great nice too, place. man. Now, is it original bluing or has it been barbecue painted? Uh, I don't know. It looks. I don't. I don't. I don't look at SKSs to see like, hmm, 1950s. Ooh, that's a good vintage. Oh, it's got the spring-loaded firing <laughs> pin in there. Oh, I care about that. <laughs> Shut no, your filthy pirate hooker mouth. <laughs> that's a nice gun, and it's in good shape. It now. is in good shape. The stock is is in very good shape. I have another one. And the stock is, well, I mean, this one's got like a couple chew marks on the side there from where the uh, uh, charging handles hit them. They they stack them end to end like this on the charging handle from one will hit the other if the crates are, are no good. But uh, other than that, it's uh, it's pretty nice and clean. So I don't know. This guy was like, yeah, I don't know. He uh, He's not set up on CGN or anything like that. And uh, so he, with his guns, he'll like throw, uh, throw a number at me and, and usually the number's good. So usually I buy the gun, even if I don't need it. I already have a uh, uh, Soviet SKS, but uh, price is good. So had to get it. What was good? I like 200 bucks. Yeah. For Soviet, 200 yeah. bucks. Yep. Yeah. That's what I got my Soviet for a couple of years ago, but they don't have many more at that price range, right? They've, they've got Chinese ones at 190, 200 if you get them on sale kind of thing. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, got that. Uh, you'll be interested in this, Trevor. 3D printed patch, or you see this thing? Yeah. See, wait, just don't pay attention to these patches right here. Yeah, no, you have, just have to do that. pay attention to that. Yeah. See? Yeah. 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 So. Uh, I bought a reason? patch gun. What's that? I bought it like a real patch gun. A real patch gun is going to be faster than this. But yeah. if you have an IPSC match, do you have people running around with like the masking tape? Or do you yeah. have at least like no, this masking patch? Tape. Masking tape? Oh, oh, no. No, we're not homeless. We don't use masking tape. So These? The, yeah, we just hand out rolls, man. So uh, we hand out rolls, and we, we just had that big two-day match uh, a couple weeks ago. One thing I noticed about handing out rolls, you end up with you know, half-used strips of these things everywhere. Yeah, and sometimes. it is yep. so annoying. And there's so much trash that ends up blowing around and half-strewn strips everywhere. So it's kind of it's kind of a pain in the butt that way. I'm thinking, well, if they're all in like a roller like this, at least you don't. At least they all stay in one spot. And this is marginally faster to to, to tape with because you strip uh, using one hand, and then you just apply, 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 apply as you're pulling this this out here. And uh, that works. That seems to be pretty slick. Yeah, we'll try it at a match and see what it does. Yeah, see how it works. Yeah. I'm interested to see how you like it because it is a cheap alternative to uh, the patching patch guns. Gun. Yeah, and, the patching guns and are quite it's better than too, right? not having it. So if if yeah. you're using like an admin box to put all your stuff in, the patching guns are are pretty big. This is pretty compact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I still prefer a patch gun, but if I had the choice between not a patch gun and that, I'd rather have that than nothing. Yes, and I'm thinking that this is going to result in less garbage strewn around the range and half and use strips than just giving awesome. the rolls out. Yeah. Yep. And rolls that are all like unrolled and the wind caught them and now they're all over the damn place. And yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, let's see here. I put out a couple of uh, quick little videos. I uh, my brother is moving away, so I took his TV. He gave it to me, and it's a 4K TV. And I watched some I of my took, videos. I took it. Oh, I or, or it. he gave it to me. One or the other. Well, strictly <laughs> speaking, I did take it. But uh, uh, the uh, I watched some of my videos that I've done in 4K. I've done a couple just as like a test, and and when I did it on my screen, I'm like, yeah, I can't even tell the difference. Who cares? Yeah, I, I could tell the difference on the 4K TV though. So now I'm going to do a more yeah. 4K. Yeah, it's nice. Wow. It's it's like it's for some of, of the details on some like when I'm doing gun reviews and just to see the detail with that much extra to it, it makes yeah. a difference. So I guess that's what I'm going to do now. Is I'll do. I'm not going 4K. 4K yet. That's too much. My computer can't handle it. Well, the TV has Netflix and YouTube built into it. And those you know, I mean for editing, do... I can't edit 4K. There's oh no way yeah, that would explode. Oh, yeah. It would just oh, it would melt down into a steaming pile of nothing. It's a it's a lot of storage and a lot to do for the for the computer. Yeah. Um, I got a four in for that BCL 102. Uh, this is straight from China, and it was <laughs> 50 bucks, and it's less than half the weight of the factory one. Yeah, actually, it's with... made it a tin foil. It's made out of aluminum. You can crush that with your hands. Try it right now. No. No. You can bend it. You can bend it, but you can't you can't crush it. Huh. It's uh I would say that the one thing I noticed about the Chinese forins is that the edges uh, are are not um chamfered very what? well. So they're a little bit sharp on the outside. What? Not so sharp that you'll cut your hands. Quality finishing? No. No, the finish is actually fine. Like the paint on here or the anodizing, it's no, you put it in fine. A, you put it in a vibratory tumbler first to polish it, then you anodize it. Correct. That would be a better idea. They that don't got no done. time for that. No time for that. Tell <laughs> labor's expensive, yo. Yeah, but uh, this is going to be a heck of a lot lighter. Now, I don't know if I'm going to put it on the BCL or if I'm just going to sell the BCL and build a stag because I don't know. I don't really need it, so. I've got the BCL one or two up for sale. I already got some DMS and the DMS are mostly saying, I really like your videos and they're not not saying they want to take it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I found that so funny. I posted it and the guy's like, I like your videos. Like, Oh yeah. I bet you, he he recognized the, the picture of the BCL from, uh, from one of my reviews or something like that. So, uh, no bites on it. There are a lot of those things for sale. I was trying to compare like stag tens, uh, for sale on the the ee uh, versus bcls and there's a ton of bcls for sale and they're everyone's taking a bath on them there looks like the going price is 1250 to 1300 and right now they're selling new for 1500 which and that's the asking price on cgn2 that's not like because yeah. you normally with that's cgn you, you you pop a little a couple hundred bucks extra on top of it and you assume yep. that people are gonna you know whittle you down a bit but uh no they're Twelve fifty or thirteen hundred is the asking price, whereas the stags are right around retail, right, right around what you'd pay retail minus a tax, right? So you might be able to save like five percent on uh, uh, buying a used one, but uh, so be it. Had to uh, had to take one for the team and and see what it was all about, and now I'm done. So your purse. Now I can I can buy the other gun. Uh, I think that's about it for me. I prepped a bunch. Uh, I prepped like three rifles for maple seeds that will have some. Uh, just in case rifles. And then I was looking at the course of fire. So I'm going to bring a pistol or two. Do you guys want to shoot that? Trevor, you want to shoot the long range course that they have? Yeah. So (laughs) I'm trying to think of what I want to bring for that. Do I want to bring the BCL 102 or do I want to bring my WK 180? Because the WK 180 will hit that target at 300. 
Well, let's do that then. Let's do that. I'll bring that guy out. I also put that new Vortex uh, Diamondback Tactical on it. So I'll go find some uh, some decent ammo for it. Or maybe I'll make some. Maybe I'll make some decent ammo for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll make some decent ammo for it so that we can uh, smack some gongs at long range with it. And it's uh, about it for me. Why don't we cool. move on to upcoming events? Uh, first sure. one here is from Jordan. He says, uh, wondering if you can mention a new event at my local range. We're in the process of registering and organizing an ORPS match at the Crow's Nest Mountain Gun Club and Range in the Crow's Nest Pass, Alberta on Saturday, July 20th. This match is open to club members as well as members of the CCFR. Match fees are $30. More info can be found on the, our Facebook group. And he mentions there, Adriel, if you're not free that day and are not too busy uh, three-gunning, you're more than welcome to venture down south and join us. And I might do that, if it, unless I get tired of driving. I might get tired of driving over the next couple of weeks here because I'm going to be doing a lot. Uh, news. Uh, the first one here that I had was uh, Tradex is downsizing, which is kind of sad. Have you guys ever bought anything from Tradex? Yeah, I nope. believe my um, 308 Grand Barrel came from them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got some shotguns from them, some uh, weird ammo and weird cartridges and cases and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it looks like they're looks like they're downsizing here, which is too bad because they br- they brought in something that a lot of like that you couldn't really find at a lot of companies. Even today, if you wanted to get like a if you wanted to get an a used over under or side by side, they're the guys to go for. Oh yeah, they had side by side bacales. Yeah, a bunch of stuff from Europe, a bunch of like- bacales and. Really, really cheap used, yes. but in excellent condition for cheap. They have some in excellent condition, some in NRA good condition, which is used, <laughs> heavily used and loved, but very inexpensive. They had some side by sides that are again used, uh, but like three hundred bucks, two fifty, mm. three hundred. Yeah, for for an over under or a side by side. Now you wouldn't either of those in my shotgun collection. That's wrong. I got to fix myself. Well, I mean, this would be a real cheap way of doing it. I've wanted a coach gun forever. My my cousin growing up had a 20 gauge Bojito coach gun. Yeah. And it was the coolest thing I ever saw. Oh, I want one. Man. The over unders are really nice too. Like shooting skeet with an over under. I know so where nice. I can get an over under 20 gauge. I got it from that widow that time and then I give it to Muffin and Muffin traded it with that guy and that guy didn't <laughs> use it. <laughs> you'll find it. Yeah, you'll find it. It's out there still. Uh, either you guys follow the uh, Ottawa City Councilor vote and Tracy. Oh my God, I watched year. Tracy's live video. It was amazing. Amazing. They were actually saying things like, are you ready? Are you ready? The federal government already has gun laws. The guns <laughs> used in the crimes in our cities aren't being used by licensed gun owners. They said things like, criminals don't obey laws. More laws won't change anything. And then they said things like, we should give resources to public servants like police and social workers. I fell out of my chair. Who was saying That's this? Saying counselors. What? Yes, when they were all saying, "No, I'm not voting for this." No, I'm not voting for this. And they were just spanking this guy with the common sense. It was amazing. I never heard anything like it. That's fantastic. I love it. I love every bit of that. It was all like it was like it was like it was like they were members of the CCFR. It was like they were just there was so much common sense. I never heard anything like it. Huh. That's very encouraging because 
the way I thought that was going to roll out is they were going <laughs> to vote it in and nothing would happen because it's just symbolic. And uh, somebody said that too. Ammo. Like what's, and somebody called it unenforceable. And then they talked about why are we going to punish our citizens that are um, sports shooters and recreational shooters that do nothing wrong. Couldn't believe it. Well, oh, amazing. Amazing. Anyways, that got voted down. Sweet. Hardy. Yep. On to uh, new gun stuff. So the first one here, Canik uh, TP9 SFX. Uh, I believe this is Iron Guns. Yeah, Iron Guns has these in. They come with a Vortex Viper on top for 817 Canadian. This is, got, this is the cheapest way to get an optics, not an optics ready, optics on the gun, like a, a dot pistol out of the box. Do we know if it comes with the plate and rear sight as well, or this is it, it's all you're going to get? Ooh, I don't know if it comes with the rear sight as well. I know because I mean, if it does, so it also has a fiber optic front sight in a dovetail. Mm-hmm. This, you know, say what you want, but they work. There's a lot of value here. Yeah, a lot of value. Pretty inexpensive. Comes with the dot. Kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And it's a Viper. Uh, I I have a Viper. Okay, so it's not the Venom. It's the Viper, but it's still not a bad red dot to throw on that guy. I tell you what, it's three hundred bucks. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. $300 dot, $800 oh, no. makes the gun five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good deal. Uh, we talked about this last week, but uh, uh, those Mosins that uh, were discovered to be not unissued. Uh, looks like Rangeview says, hey, we made a mistake. Followed some bas- bad advice. This is how we're correcting it. We're issuing a full refund, including return and shipping to anyone wishing to return their Mosin Agant that was purchased from us. That's the so. only way to do it. But good on them for doing it, because a lot of a lot of them wouldn't do it. They'd be like, "Sorry, we'll give you a fifty percent discount on your next order." Right? Like, good on yeah. them. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. This is what we expect dealers to do, but they they don't always do it. So I think but, a lot of people were trying to were doing chargebacks because at first they said they weren't going to. Um, um, that's the correction. They they said that they weren't going to. So a lot of people started doing chargebacks, and then now they're saying they will give a, a full refund. Uh, next one here. Uh, we've been t- we talked about these these MP no MP40s, uh, the re- reproductions that GSGs are, are making, the nine millimeter version. We talked about these, but now they're starting to come up for pre order. So Bullseye London has these up for pre order, seven fifty for either the restricted or the non restricted. I think you want the restricted. Yeah, the restricted looks way better. The non restricted looks a little silly. Yeah, it's true, but long barrel. Any any time I can buy a non restricted, I'd rather buy a non restricted. But yeah, but if you're it, getting it an MP, ridiculous. why would you take like it's an, it's MP40. an MP40? You buy it, you buy it so that you have an MP40. You don't buy it because it's a non restricted firearm. You're not wrong, buddy. You're not wrong. I know. I know. You could get like the practical choice would be like an FX9 or a, or a JR. No, no. Or that's the like thing. That. If you're going to get a non restricted nine mil, you get what Trevor's got the FX9, right? Yeah. 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 So that's what you get if you want a non-restricted 9 mil carbine. If you want an MP40, you get the restricted version because the non-restricted version just looks silly. And let's face it, if you could buy a genuine MP40, you would. And, and it, it would wouldn't have sure, a ridiculously long barrel on it. Right. It would for sure be a restricted length gun. Yes, for sure. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah. these are real cool. I think I think they're real cool. It's a it's a cool reproduction. The price yeah, is semi Anybody who's played the original Call of Duty, it's like, MP40, man, that's the way to go. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, though, yeah. the mags are going to be five rounds, aren't they? Yep. And they're going to be like super long stick mags that you can only yep. five each. Yep, mag cap five. 
Ah, uh, well. It's all the dumb. It looks cool, though. Yeah, I guess that's it. We just need an MP40 pistol so that we can get 10-round mags for it. <laughs> uh, I kind of feel like it is a pistol with a stock on it. Yeah, I know, right? I guess it just depends not what, they, like what they consider. Uh, next up, there is the uh, C71, a very important uh, info thread. Let me uh, let me share this with our YouTube viewers. It reminds me, I called my CFO's office today and said, so I'm a competition shooter. What does this mean for me within my own province? Uh, you know, because somebody at the 250 was like, that's it. We're all criminals. It received royal assent. None of us have an ATT to be here. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it doesn't apply to our long-term ATT within our province. They took away... Mm border crossings and gun shows and gunsmiths. Mm -hmm. They didn't take them all away. No, they didn't. You're still good for the range. Yeah, but am I good for other people's ranges within my province? I think so. I should probably call since we're going to this. I called and didn't call them back. They're not going to care. I'm going to call them anyways. Uh, Here's the the Spectre Ballistics International C71. (laughs) They were running a naming contest on, uh, on CGN. Uh, the winner was model C71. It's a 10.22 receiver that fits 5.97 mags in it. So you can what? run extended that's mags. A, that's amazing. Canadian gun manufacturers winning. Yep. So to be clear, it's a 10.22 receiver, mm-hmm. but runs 5.97 mags. Correct. And it's got a machined dovetail or uh, rail on top as well, yep. which most of the most of the aftermarket ones do. Right. So they've unducked the 1022. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And they're like $350. The just, receiver? Just for the receiver. I'm not sure. I didn't even check the price. Watch, I predict. Uh, let's see. What else? There's some uh, sales going on right now because it's Canada Day coming up. Uh, Corwin Arms has 20% off firearms. They have a whole whack of uh, 303s, as Trevor likes to call them, uh, with the full uh, no. stock. <laughs> They have a bunch of smelly lees, uh, smellies uh, that are three. Oh, they got smellies. Caliber. They got some smellies and uh, full wood stock and whatnot. So stop it, really? Where's the? Why won't my, why won't my show notes open? Come on, just go to Car- Corwin Arms. Oh, Corwin. Yeah, they yeah. do some stuff. Yeah, they got some cool stuff. Uh, and then Tenda has an ammo sale right now. They're doing like a different one per day. The one today they've got like six five Creedmoor for twenty two bucks a box. Federal 223 Varmint for $12 a box and some 30-06 for $20 a box. So joining us for our main topic is Clayton. Now, Clayton, uh, one of our listeners, Nate, said you are the guy when it comes to Kui's, uh the expert. I believe the word he used, yeah, expert. Yeah. World, globally renowned Kui expert, I think. How is, many is, books did you publish again? Was it like three? Uh, I wrote a few words in a, in a journal somewhere. That's about it. All right, that's, that's uh, more words than we've written about. Uh, I was gonna say it's more than I wrote through my two degrees. It's good. My son just finished it, junior kindergarten today, so he's he's well on his way. <laughs> Does he have a Kui? Well, he has one. He uh, tends to gravitate to. He hasn't uh, hasn't fired it yet, but for some reason he he's drawn to one. Yep. Awesome. So uh, this year, you were, you were mentioning just before we started here was that uh, this is the 100th anniversary of Kui's uh, uh, starting up. Um, I, I don't know if anyone out there really knows like the full story about them, though. I know they're a Canadian manufacturer. I know they make 22s. Like, w- where did they even start? How did this thing even get going? Uh, they were they were a company based out of uh, Toronto back before 1919 when they started uh, manufacturing guns, and uh, they some parts for war rifles. And um, Cooey Senior, I guess he was uh, into auto 
automotive as well. So they kind of branched off. Very cool. And uh, um, do they more, make more than just single shot 22s? Like, do, is, are they still around today? Uh, no, no. Winchester bought them in the 60s and um, ruined them. You guys are probably, probably, well, yeah, yeah. That's right. Killed the company. <laughs> kill, kill the kill the competition, right? And yep. uh, they um, most most guys know the model sixty four, which is now the uh, Savage sixty four. Yep. Uh, Semi automatic. It kind of uh, s- same gun, same same design. Um, and they they died late late seventies as the company folded in Coburg. Mm-hmm. But but there's millions of them out there. You know, you ask any kid, any hunter that's Canadian, he's he's seen one, shot one, or owns one. Well, the Canadian trio was always a Lee Enfield, a Cooey Model 84, and a Cooey Model 39. That's like the Canadian household trio. And an exactly. SKS. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> now, tell me, um, like one of the only Cooey questions I have, why can't I find a bolt for a Cooey Model 39? Uh, we can talk later. All right, there you go. Send me an email and I'll fix you up. All right. That was easy. Just weren't talking to the right person. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That, that's that's just it, right? I mean, uh, you, you go on... Uh, uh, you know, Canadian gun nuts is, is world, uh, well, you know, Canadian known anyways. Uh, it's hard to find stuff, but if you know the right people, it's it's out there like any any firearm. Sure. Yeah. So uh, what what are the most popular models that they made and, and what's what's kind of the differences between them? Well, like you say, the, the Model 39 is definitely the definitely the most the most well known. And then the, the Model 84s, I'd have to say they're uh, their line of shotguns. Boom. Ta-da. There it and is. Trevor is holding yeah. up a Kui shotgun. Yep, this is the model eighty-four, not Looks the like model eight forty. This is a good one. Yeah, the eight forty is yeah the inferior version in my opinion. <laughs> yep, this one. The they, cor- they they do shoot three inch the eight forty, so we'll give them that. Ah, that's sure. True. So um, the serial number, I believe there is a place to look it up online, and uh, I looked it up once upon a time, and I believe this one rate uh, dates to the fifties. Yep, that would make sense. That's that's when they started. Uh, I think late '40s when they started uh, manufacturing the uh, Model 84s, and then they, like I say, they were the the different different gauges. I apologize, and then the 840s, and uh, that you know morphed into some of the Winchester, the Model 37s when Winchester took over. So uh, there's another. A's, I should say. There's another uh, area I could collect. How many different gauges did the 84 come in? Five. Five gauges, and yeah. so how rare? Obviously, there's lots of twelve gauges. Uh, which one's the hardest one to find? Twenty-eight for sure. Twenty-eight for sure. Okay. So, what would a fellow pay for yeah. a twenty-eight in original condition? Uh, if you get one good, good original condition, you know, I'd say seventy, eighty percent bluing still on there. You're probably looking at a, a three hundred dollar gun. Okay. Yep. For it's a, it's got collector value, right? I mean, it's not a lot of guys aren't going to be shooting those. Um, they love the four tens cause it's, uh, you know, kids can shoot them. Yep. Um, lady, ladies can shoot them with ease and, uh, it's just a great partridge gun. Well, this is a partridge. What's a partridge? You mean a gross? <laughs> gross. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Very chicken. <laughs> yeah. Very chicken. All right. Well, this is the thing I'm going to do then. I'm going to try and get an 84 in every gauge. Very just, good. Just cause. What was the other model that you mentioned that the 22, was that a model 39? Yeah. Model 39 was, uh, is their most popular single shot, um, they made repeaters. The Model 60 is a uh, is a bolt action repeater. Oh, and, with the um, tube, the tube underneath. Tube repeater, exactly. Yeah, Dad had one of those. My uncle had one of those. We had the course of the 39, like everybody else, but we also had that one with the tube. They made a uh, and the Model 64 was a their one of their most popular, um, the, definitely the most popular semi-automatic. 
you know, and they're still still made today. Savage has got the Savage you know, 64, same same design. And Savage, find, like, they just left it and just kept cranking them out for the longest time. But it looks like recently they've started adding some, like, I think they have a takedown 64 now. And that's something, like, they had put no effort into that design for decades. And now yeah. they're p- putting a couple things into it, looks like. Yeah, that's true. Which is kind they, of interesting. But, you know, nice thing, Hooey's, they're, they're wood, right? Wooden guns and, uh, like, many, many things today is composite. And uh, to me, it just uh, doesn't have the feel. Yeah. So the the model thirty nine that was the single shot. Is that the one that you need to caulk as well? You need to pull a caulking handle at the back. Exactly. Yeah. You load it, fold the bolt down, then you pull the little the back of the bolt back, and she's ready to ready to go. Oof, so much manual effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are the so, uh, what, what are some of the other uh, um, options that they have out there? What are some of the other different rifles? Or is that pretty much it? Um. There is a lot of a lot of uh, anybody that knows them is uh, that they, what they call the boys' rifles, the juniors, the junior rifles. Um, they're very small, 18, 19 inch barrels. Um, they were uh, the Kui Canuck. That's the the very first model they made, and that would have been, you know, 1919, 1920s when they started um, pumping them out. And there's man, many varieties of the of the junior guns. The Kui Ace is another one that's uh, very well known. And these are all like model 39s that have been like changed, uh, like they change the stocks small, and that kind of thing? They're, they're a smaller, smaller version of that single shot. Yeah, a little bit mm. smaller in stature. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, uh, I can't say that I have ever owned a Kui. I've owned ever? lots of others. No, never. Like nothing. Like not a, not a rimfire, not a shotgun. Now, uh, I've got, I don't think that, like the, the Savage Mark II, that Lake Field, uh, that's not Kui, is it? Nope. No. Lakefield in Ontario still, but not Kui. They um, they ended up with uh, the Kui Winchester uh, machining after Kui folded in the uh, in the seventies. Went up the road to Lakefield, and uh, what happened to it after that? I'm not not too sure. It may still be there. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess I guess I have a Dota Kui then. Never had one of their their single shots. Never had any of the repeaters or any. Well, That's I did have a Savage sad. 64 at one point, but still. Ye- yeah, there's like I say, you want one just for uh, nostalgia. You can't go wrong. Can't, like Adriel, fix yourself. You're not Canadian. <laughs> I got the SKS. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, my barrel and my receiver have matching serial numbers. I actually never checked that before. There you go. She's all she's legit. Then that that's for sure. Oh yeah, there, but should, re- there should be there should be a serial number under the butt plate too if you pull it off. Really? Yeah, a lot of them do. Oh, interesting. I've had it fully restored, though. When I got it, it didn't even have a handguard or a forend. So, I mean, I, I needed it to just, you know, not look as horrible as it did. Oh, that's good. You gave it a little bit of appreciation. Oh, for sure. Um, the receiver, though, they're hard to blue. It's had to be rust blued. Yeah. <clears throat> so why yeah, is that? A, we got a few guys that tried, uh, tried their hand at it, and it's the same thing. It's a different, a different metal in the barrel. Yeah, absolutely. But rust blueing works great. I don't know. How well you can pick that up, but I mean, this yeah, was very nice. It was in hard shape. So, uh, DC Armory, our show sponsor, he rust blued the, uh, the receiver and hot blued the barrel and uh, yep. just an amazing job. Also, replaced the bead. The bead the bead was gone, I believe. So, put a new bead on there. So, so what, are, what are some of the, uh, um, well, we talked about some of the more popular versions that they have out there. What are some of the harder to find versions that, uh, that people should look for? If they uh, see one sitting in a in a barn or <laughs> at some farmer's place, well, I I have to say the um, 
Oh, well, another one I forgot to mention is the uh, the Model 82. It's a military uh, full stock version um, based along the lines of the Enfield. It was a training rifle back in the back in the war times. So it's um it's uh it's it's a fun gun too, made with a peep sight on there and uh, relatively heavy weight. Um, you can look that one up too. That's a, that's another great great Kui made gun. Cool, like a like a Enfield trainer kind of a thing. Exactly. Interesting. Look at that. Look at that. Do you have now, it up? Yeah. Are these unobtainium? They are. Yeah. Are they? No, they're, unobtainium. They're out, they're out there. They're out there. You bet. How much they cost? Um, you can. They made a civilian one, and no, no, I want one the one more. with the broad C. Yeah, the broad arrow. You got it. They're, uh, you know, three fifty four hundred. It's uh, they're, <laughs> That's they're still out pretty there. reasonable. <laughs> yeah, it man. is. It is. But you, you, you try telling that to. Uh, you know, to many Kui owners, and they, they're laughing at you, right? Like most of them think it's a fifty, sixty dollar gun, and a lot of them, I've I've bought them for that price, but yeah. you know, I've also Kui- paid I paid big bucks for some of them. Kui owners are gonna hate me because I'm gonna be like, "Your guns are so cheap." They be like, "Shut up, you're ruining it for us." <laughs> Driving the price up, three hundred dollars, yeah, yeah. no problem. Yeah. <laughs> let them let them laugh. Wow, that's a neat looking gun, especially yeah. if you get one with Canadian markings. Yep, yep, for sure. Hmm. Another one is that that's another pretty rare one out is the uh, they made a pump. It goes uh, it's a pump repeater and it's uh, called goes by the model 35 and that's a uh, you can search that one out. That's that's right near the top of the mark for um for rare, I guess if you want to call it. It was only made for um a couple years. It was a huge flop if you want to you know if you want to yeah, very, very rudimentary compared to, you know, your your early model Winchesters and Remington Pump 22s. Um, this just, I don't think, couldn't just, it couldn't compete with them. And they tried it, it failed, and they folded it. It's horrible. They they took a, a 39 stock and just chopped it in the middle. Yeah, it, it basically is a, like a the Model 60 repeater stock cut with the front cut off and uh, blobbed a, uh, a pump action into it. Yep. And it used to be $35.65. There you go. Now it's twenty times that to get a uh, to get a nice one. Yeah, which, which model was that again? Thirty-five. Yeah, model thirty-five pump. I always like. I've shot a couple of different pump twenty-twos, uh, and I found the reliability on them has been just horrible on every one that I've tried. The semi-autos, you mean? No, the pump pump twenty-twos. Oh, oh pump twenty-twos. Yeah. Yeah, pump twenty-twos. If I just have never had any good luck with them. Never. Is this a pump? One. This is still a pump twenty-two, right? It is. Yeah. Weird. Well, I, gotta, I, I, gotta, I will tell you if you if you get a chance to try one, try the Browning uh, trombone. That's um that's probably one of the best uh, vintage pump actions you're going to ever shoot. Not you know to drift off topic, but that's if you get a chance, give it a try. Awesome. Yeah. This is uh, here. Let me let me just really quickly share this with our viewers on YouTube, just so they can see how odd this <laughs> shotgun shotgun no pump action twenty two is. Yeah. Ooh weird that is that is different i mean i guess is this just a repeater but with a pump on it instead of a same it's 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 almost identical it's got a little bit of a different bolt mechanism naturally but it's uh it's it's got the same lines same uh same weight same everything pretty much just uh it's just a very crude crude pump action gun hmm. yeah oh there's a kui 16 gauge on right now for 120 bucks there's a kui 28 gauge Pricing seems reasonable. In New Brunswick. <laughs> Jackson, oh, no. It's in Dieppe right now. $325. Kui Model 84, 28 gauge, 325 There you go. Perfect. 
cost them Trevor money. Get them before they sell out. I'm going to send them a PM right now, see if I can get some pictures. Not going to make them anymore. Well, that's it. So how many cooies do you have? I have a few. <laughs> okay. That's, 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 that's not, mark of that's, a true that's not important. That's not important. If you're ever on, if you're ever in Ontario, come uh, give, give, give me a holler and you can come visit. Oh, definitely. The Cooey Museum. <laughs> how about this question? What, um, how much is your most valuable Cooey worth? Um, it's, it's a Cooey Bisley sport. Uh, you won't find it on YouTube. I doubt you'll even find it um, in the Google machine, but um, it's a $1,000 gun. Cool. Yeah, very, very rare. One recently sold at uh, one of the auctions here in Ontario for $1,400 plus, plus fees and taxes. It's uh, very rare and um, hard to come by for sure, but it was uh, they made them and it was, it was expensive back in the day. And yeah, just, just rarity for sure. Hmm. Interesting. Another guy's got a 16-gauge on here, 30-inch barrel. A 20 gauge, 28 inch barrel, a 410 with a 26 inch barrel. All those shotguns are just lead only, right? They're not rated for steel. Yeah, they're it's such tight chokes in them that we've been, you know, we discussed this before that it's um, not recommended to shoot out of those full choke barrels with them. Yeah. Huh. So you could, like with lead shot, you could bust clays, you could use that for grouse, that kind of thing? Sure, you can. Yeah. I mean, I, my dad, I grew up, he had an 840, you know, unfortunately, right? But, um, it was a great duck gun, single shot, uh, perfect, uh, perfect duck gun. Well, I mean, Trevor talked about the difference between the 840 and the 84. I have no idea. Like, what's what's the difference between those two? Um, they were they're just made a little a little bit cheaper. We find there was a couple plastic parts on the 840. Um, they're they're replaceable and uh, just just different wood. And uh, but they did they did have a three inch uh, bore on them, so which is which is nice. You know, that's uh, that was a big big selling point for uh, for one Winchester you know, took over from, from Kui. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, this has all been uh, super interesting. Clayton, um, how do you, how do people find out more about Kui's or, or where, where, like you mentioned CGN is, is all, is that where all the discussion on these things uh, takes place? There is some, we have a, uh, we have a collector group on Facebook for anybody who's interested. It's just, you can just search out the Kui collectors and um, I'm an admin on there with a couple boys and uh, good, good guys. And uh, we have over 2,500 members not all active like any any kind of group but it's um it, it's fun to discuss and show pictures and stuff like that and just uh you know you can look for look for cooey bolts for your model 39s i am submitting to join right now and i'll include a link to the cooey collectors facebook group in uh, in our show notes thanks again for uh for coming on the show and uh telling us about uh about cooey's because yeah it's something that trevor knows a little bit about it sounds like i know nothing about and uh you know, well, for, we uh, and Matthew got so upset he left. Yeah, yeah that's he's, all right. He's got uh, no cookies. I, so, I yeah. just have one quick thing yet before yeah. I uh, jet out of here. Um, this coming uh, weekend, July 6th in Milverton, which is just in Ontario here, we're having a uh, it's a get together at the uh, Milverton Rod and Gun Club. If anybody locally would like to come out, it's uh, should be fun to shoot, have a look at some guns, and uh, yeah, barbecue and uh, and all that jazz. That would be cool. Sweet. Yeah. Hope to, uh, hope we send some listeners out there and hope they learn some more about cooies from you and some of the other guys that are part of that Facebook group. Well, definitely, definitely feel free to share those events with us. Anytime you got something going on, uh, we'll be happy to promote them on the show. Yep. Much appreciated guys. And, uh, thanks uh, to Nathaniel for, uh, inviting me out here and, and plugging <laughs> us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for going along with being voluntold. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Thanks, Clayton. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good evening. You, you too. All right. Uh, listener feedback. YouTube. I saw a couple people. One of them was asking, is this a new version of the hang-up game on YouTube? And yeah, that was Luke. That was hilarious. It's <laughs> quite possibly the funniest thing he's ever said. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. Model 82 is stupid accurate. Which one is Model 82 again? Uh, the 82 was... Was that the trainer? That was the trainer. That was the military trainer. Kui 82. It looks like... Yeah. Training rifle. Yep. Bolt action cadet training rifle. Interesting. Didn't know that was a thing. I'd love to get one of those. Neither did I. Yeah. Like, why don't I have... Uh, you know why? Because I'm a freaking gun snob. And I think I'm... <laughs> I, I think I'm special. That's why. Uh, Kui. Kui. You know? I'm a gun snob, too. That's why I don't have any Kui's. You know, yeah, I'm not, need, gun, I'm not a gun snob. I got an SKS sitting. I got two SKSs. Yeah, I got two SKS. Narinkos. I still like to think I'm a gun snob, but I mean, man, I've seen some people's guns. Like, I got garbage compared to what a lot of people have. Like, I'd like to think this is special. And sure, it's um, maybe a bit more than what most people have, but compared to what some people have, I got nothing. Trevor, that, like, you're part of the 1%. <laughs> that means I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. Anyway. You think about the two million license holders there are in in, in Canada. You are part of the one percent. Oh, whatever. I'd imagine I am too. But you know, yeah. Whatever. Well, you know. I still should try stop being such a snob and and try and get my hands on a whole bunch of cooies. They're Canadian. I'm a proud Canadian, and they don't make them anymore. So really, I think uh, next winter's focus may be on uh, growing a cooie collection. I bet you if I go to the shop right now, Denise got like probably three or four different kind of cooies that I don't have. And somebody's yep. always coming to the shop with something. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's see. What else we got on YouTube here? Luke says, holy crap, you're the well-known Clayton. Got you on Facebook, but I've never seen you before. Cool. Yeah. The gun, uh, the gun culture in Canada is small and we all know each other. That's right. Uh, although I went to join that Kui group and I don't have any friends in that group. That's 2000 people I've never met before. Completely different world, which is very interesting to me. I hope it's not funny. I feel like it could be funny. Mm, maybe. Uh, well, we'll find out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see here. Military bear says you need the military trainers because it's got the peep site. I agree. Peep site. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually one thing. One thing I like about the uh, uh, number fours is the is a peep sight on them. I just yeah. love a long sight so radius peep, peep sight on a on a milserp. So good. Uh, I think that's about it. So let's get on to. I thought I had a listener feedback in here. Oh, I do. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. DC, uh, Armory DC Gunsmith is a full service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, park rising, and Cerco finishes, as well as rust bluing, I guess, because he did that on your uh, on your Kui, right? That's right. We don't, yeah, we should have that in there. That's definitely a finish that he does. Yeah. He What's rust- the difference between hot uh, rust bluing and hot bluing? I thought I thought there were the, those two were the same. No, I think no? Uh, well, you have to heat up your park rising, mm-hmm. and you have to heat up your um, hot bluing, mm-hmm. right? I don't think you heat up your rust bluing. I think it's a chemical. Mm-hmm solution that the part sits in ah, but cool. i don't i i could be totally wrong but it seems to me i had a conversation with jenny one time about this and i don't believe you have to heat up your chemicals and here's why i think that because i've seen the i've seen the park rising tank i've seen the bluing tank and i've seen the um 
Cerakote spray booth, mm-hmm. but I ain't never seen nothing for rust blowing. So that tells me he just mixes it up and throws it in there. I also believe we had a conversation about this once, but Maybe. could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Did I, did I talk about this front sight that I put on my P10? I put a fiber optic on my P10. Uh, no, you said you got it. You didn't install it last time. Yeah, I installed the uh, fiber optic front sight on the CZ P10. What, Check that you went out. With green? I always go with green. All my hmm. stuff's green. And uh, I blocked out the uh, or blocked out the rear sight. Yeah. It came as a set, but unfortunately, the rear sight also was set up for fiber optic, and I don't want that. So he's going to return it and uh, or allow me to return it and replace it with a, a blacked out one. I also did two other things to shotguns. I forgot. I got to show you this too. I, res- I restored two 870s last year while working at the shop. And mm-hmm. this eights, both of them had aluminum trigger groups. One of them was kind of busted. So it didn't it didn't always reset. And one was working correctly. And the one that was working correctly, uh, no, sorry, the one that was busted had this stainless steel lifter on it. Oh, that looks interesting. That's yeah, so stainless steel lifter, gold trigger. So I ordered this from the Calgary Shooting Center through uh, Brownells. And... Um, when it arrived, it had a black lifter. So I swapped out the mm-hmm. black lifter for the stainless steel lifter in the trigger group that didn't work. And so now, and it's, as you can see, it's this 870 is polished to a mirror finish with yeah. 555 compound. Woo. Yeah. No markings left on it, though, unfortunately. We had to engrave the serial number somewhere else because all the markings came off. My bad. I tried to move. I tried to uh, polish around the markings. And I ended up making some dips. And you can see if the light sit in the receiver here, you can still kind of see it's not completely there's still some dips in there, but we just it whatever. looks pretty polished. It's very, very polished. Buttery, smooth outside looking. Yeah. So it's vintage, unused, um eight seventy furniture, a vintage restored receiver, and a newly manufactured wingmaster barrel. It just didn't make sense to refinish the wingmaster barrel that we had. The hours that we would have put into it would have been ridiculous. So, mm-hmm. and this is the other one I redid last year. This is your old Wingmaster. Uh, the barrel, though, I don't think the one I got from you had a barrel. I can't remember. Yeah, it did, but we uh, we trashed it because the barrel wasn't concentric. And when we tried to put a choke in there, it was way too thin on one side, and that's because mm-hmm. the barrel wasn't concentric. So, but yeah, this is your old receiver. I cleaned it up and parkerized it, and this what would mean. This wood is the wood off of that receiver. Yeah, um, it looks mean because it's supposed to be a Remington 870 police clone. Yep. Yep. So sweet. Yep. All right. Sorry about that. Forgot to add that, that to a good wood. Segue. Good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are we done? Perfectly. Perfect segue onto our uh, listener feedback. First one here is from Jordan. Uh, Jordan saying, oh, he was uh, uh, emailing us about that event. He said, one other thing is anyone planning a pub night before the charity shoot? Can't make the shoot, but would like to meet up with people beforehand for a beer. Um, sure. In Drum Heller, maybe? I think Are we doing uh, night? you're going to be in Calgary. I might be in Calgary to go to shoot some gophers, right? Yeah. Are we still doing correct. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm bringing down three 22s for maple seeds, so I will have uh, some 22s to shoot gophers with. When's the maple seed? When and where? Uh, maple seed is the Friday. And Drum Heller? Yes. What if that's the day we're doing gophers? That'll be hard for me to go do gophers. You already have the highest score in the history of the sport. Like, stop it. Don't I'm not shooting the maple seed. I'm helping instruct the maple seed. Oh, you got to go do that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll send you lots of selfies of with the gophers from the field. Sweet. So All it right. is Friday you're doing it? I don't know. I said, what if? Okay. okay. Well, obviously, we'll, sure we'll, we'll, we'll try our best to make it not Friday. 
Yeah. Thursday. Jeff's got a job, so I know. Just got to get a teaching job, I guess. And you can just take as many days off as you want in the summer. Yes. Um, yes. When you're done, the is that it for the email? That's it for email, yeah. All right. A listener who is watching live asked about this firearm. He said, it looks like a Glock, but it's not the Glock. It's the CZ P10, which is CZ's first uh, polymer striker fire pistol that I'm aware of. And so my comment to him was, it's like a Glock, only better. It has better ergonomics. It has uh, a better low, the bore axis is lower. It has a better trigger. Uh, the factory sights are better. And... Um, it's cheaper. Five hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's that. You should have started off with that. The price. It's a. It's a CZ for five fifty. Yep. Also pronounced that. Also pronounced that. Yes. Yeah. Alternatively, and in, you can't find countries. them. Um, uh, Friday night, you know, Saturday night after the match, I was sitting with McKillop, and uh, he was ready to pull the trigger on one, but uh, they didn't have it in stock. Oh my God! You know what I forgot? I got my grubby little mitts on a Glock forty eight X. Oh, yeah? Is it the X or just the 48? 48. No, there's another X. Anyways, the, the X model that you got, or the, or the 48. So 48 is a single stack. I think they actually make an X version of that, too. It was the uh, single stack. What, what would the X be? It was uh, Glock 48. Straight up Glock 48. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. They got it right. They absolutely got it right. It's a restricted, and it's restricted length in Canada, so we can own it. Single stack, 9 mil super thin this would be my everyday carry that's it that's all amazing glock if we had carry. yeah yeah i need one i wanted to get some uh glock 19s to replace the glock 19s that i had i gotta get my hands on glock 48 man by by next year so many things i want <sighs> anyway it's my new favorite glock i'm really impressed with it and i think it's because it doesn't have the uh, hello no finger grooves bear smith just sent me a link to <laughs> a cool I was looking for that I PM the guy and um, some information, an article, or is this somebody for sale? Anyway, the listeners are interacting with us live. Like here, Trevor, buy this. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, yeah. thank you, Bear Smith. Um, yeah, man, Glock 48. You got to get your hands on one. I got to try one. Mm. Maybe there'll be one at the charity shoot that I can shoot. Hope so. Bring lots, bring lots of ammo. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, send an email to uh, send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. We have a podcast review. Do you want to read it? Um, no, go ahead. No, this is I'm from MPJ1297 in the US. Five stars. Title is The Only Podcast I Actively Listen to. Active Ooh. listening? Not just passive listening? I, I passively <laughs> listen to my podcast. I passively listen to everything, including my co-hosts. I apologize. <laughs> Slamfire Radio is one of the best gun-related podcasts there is. The opinions are usually pretty well-grounded, and the show is easy and fun to listen to. And as an American, it really helps you appreciate the freedoms with guns that you do have. I listen on Spotify, but re-downloaded the podcast app so I could leave a review. Keep up the good work. I'll thank you for the review. And uh, yes, the uh, stuff that we, the shenanigans we have to get up to to just get kind of cool guns is kind of silly. Yeah, don't give an inch, guys. Don't give them any. Otherwise, or you'll be Canada. You'll have to put pins in your 1950s era Soviet rifles to make sure that the magazines are 10 rounds. Yeah. And Mother Russia, mag pins you. <laughs> and no, in Canada, mag pins you. Yeah. Mother Russia, I don't know. You get an SKS and 
uh, you get some Cosmoline for uh, for your hair if you if you need to do like do do your hairstyle. Cosmo. Yeah. No. Okay. Shout outs, Trevor. Yeah, to the um, you know uh, Ken, uh, the match director at the Hampton Two Fifty, and to all of his crew. Another bang up job. It's always a blast to go to Hampton, especially for the Two Fifty. Um, they do a fantastic job. Um, uh, to um, Christian, who got the uh, TFPIA. So they have an award there called the Pain in the Ass Award. And um, I was asking too many questions one year <laughs> about this, that, and the other thing. And I was handed an award at the end of the day called the Pain in the Ass Award. I have two of them now. It's coveted. I, you know, if someone was like, someone on this show has two Pain in the Ass Awards, who do you think it is? Like, <laughs> right? I would have, I would have, I would have put it on you. <laughs> I understand. I am who I am. I, uh, what can I do? So uh, anyway, he because I was range master this year, he thought that he couldn't give it to me. And typically, and last year it went to somebody else. I didn't get it last year. Uh, or did I? Or I either I was the honorable mention or the other guy was. I can't remember which way it went. But anyway, I have to. He decided this year since I was range master, I wouldn't get it. Um, throughout the match, there was nobody who was being a pain in the ass. Nobody kept questioning, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do this? Can I do that? There was none of that. There were no range lawyers, not one range lawyer. So I gave it to the guy who bailed on us for shooting in the rain. We we're shooting in the rain. He's like, I'm it. That's it. I'm out. I'm done. And uh, he, he, you know, awesome guy and uh, got his arrow certificate and his pain in the ass award in the same day. <laughs> um, yeah, he was smoking these awesome cigars. And Muff and I are smoking way too many cigars. Used to be like a couple times a year to a couple times a month to a couple times a week. And he had these really big fat ones. He was like, yeah, here, man. I got a box of them. So he was giving those out and they were awesome. So shout out to him for that too. And uh, to whoever owned that rum, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm breaking my uh, my no booze thing uh, when you guys come out. Oh, I, yeah? had a couple, I had a couple beer with... Uh, Crosno when I was in Texas and yep. I will uh I will be partaking I, I probably won't need very much. <laughs> yeah, well since yeah. I'm basically eating keto, uh I got to tell you liquor is hitting me really hard so hard to the point where I'm like maybe I should stop drinking. <laughs> so, cuz I mean I'm, I'm I'm just drinking like gin and soda water. So I'm drinking straight liquor. I mean, I've always drank straight scotch, but super healthy for you. Yeah, it really is. But it's hitting me. Uh, the alcohol is definitely. I don't have the capacity. Let's say mm. that I used to have. Yep. So. Cool. Uh, Patreon. If uh, if you haven't heard of this, uh, Patreon is a way of supporting us and the show, so that we can uh, get cool mics and uh, headsets and sound good for you guys. Uh, if you want to help support us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash slamfire radio. Please join one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada and like us on Facebook. We've got a page. Yeah, we got a page over there where you can talk to us about the show or join us up on YouTube until YouTube cancels our Hangouts thing and we have to figure something out. Maybe Twitch, maybe some other YouTube thing. Who knows? We'll be on something Uh, until next week. Oh, next week will be on location. Yes, we will. 500 bucks for the Kui M20 M82. It's a Canadian issued one, so it's going to have the markings. Oh. That's uh, it's all kinds of good stuff here. It's a lot of money for a single shot twenty-two. Canadian Navy issue Lee Enfield number one mark three. Are you on Corwin Arms? I'm on PS Militaria. Ah, yeah, they got a bunch of cool stuff too. So I you, knew you know these guys like two you two knew, years on. ago you knew if, about these guys. Yes, I knew about PS Militaria. 
when you tell me about these guys? Two years ago, if if we if you would have told me we're going to be on a show and you're going to be browsing uh, old milserps uh, and drooling about them, I would have said, "Nah, that's not going to happen." <laughs> no, I'm going to be drooling about like Lee Enfields and uh, single shot twenty twos, <laughs> kind of thing. So it's, uh, it's been a very uh, very interesting uh, journey, Trevor. And <laughs> you know, I'm a grown ass man. I reserve the right. Ooh, look at that to grow and develop my uh, develop my changes. I, I come back to stuff I, I was at before. Like I, I one, the SKS was one of the first guns I bought and uh, here I am buying my they fourth got, or fifth one or whatever. Dude, they got jungles, they got savages. They got everything. Because military has one of everything. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyways, until next week. See you later. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.